because of the war there, the pastors of the church there decided that it would be best to not have Christmas this year. And uh, can you imagine that? And he said that there would be some that would uh, still celebrate no matter what they were doing. And uh, But normally in Bethlehem, they have about 3 million people come during Christmas. And it's a small place, about 30,000 people, all crowded there in that little area. If you went there, uh, you could go to the church and uh, uh, look at it and look at the little hole in the floor that shows the original floor that's 1,000 year old or better. And uh, you could walk up behind the pulpit area go down in a, uh, into the cave that is the stable where Jesus was born. But that's what we've come to celebrate today, is to celebrate the birthday of Jesus and to uh, give thanks unto God and speak about him since it's his birthday. But uh, did you know that there are millions of people celebrating birth of Christ and so many of them don't even know about Christ what he is what he has done they don't know any of those things so prayerfully I'll try to stay focused right on Christ today but I just want to welcome you and uh, uh, so glad that you're here let us pray together our Father, as we come before your throne, we just come with grateful hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all of the, the people that have come out today to worship thee as the bottom of Christ, the body of Christ. God, we're so grateful to get to be a part of it. You're a merciful, full of grace that you care about all of us on this earth. God, you care about what's going on in the world. We pray for those that are suffering war. And Heavenly Father, we pray for the soldiers on all sides because most of them don't want to fight anyway. And so, God, we just pray for all of those people. Pray for those being persecuted, especially in China and other countries in Africa. And... Uh, just trying to live and be faithful to you and they're being persecuted for it. God, we lift them up to you. We want to help every way we can to further your kingdom and that's what it's all about, Father. So we come seeking to please thee and be obedient to thee. Now be with us and we ask it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.
we're so glad that you're here this morning. Would you stand and join us as we sing on New Stay? You're actually all auditioning to be in the choir. Just, just so you know, okay? We take everyone.
We're thrilled that you're here this morning. Uh, we're going to enjoy Hannah Deloach singing Noel.
the center because Jesus is the center of Christmas. The Christ candle symbolizes purity, just like the purity of the spotless Lamb of God. Jesus is pure, without sin, and because of his sacrifice, he makes us as white as snow. He is the light in the darkness and the victor over sin and death. We have life because of him. Christmas is a time of hope, peace, joy, and love. But once again, this is only because of Jesus. There is no real hope without Jesus. Hope in Christ gets you through the waiting. Hope that Christ will help you go the distance. Hope in Christ does not disappoint. All real hope in the world is centered on Jesus the Christ. Let us remember the birth of Jesus in the reading of the Christmas story found in Luke 2. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Let a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them. And they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people, with whom he is well pleased. When the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph's, and the baby as he lay in the manger, when they had seen him, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed about the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all of these things in her heart, pondering them. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God. For all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, thank you so very, very much for bringing us together 
on this Christmas Eve morning. Thank you for all that you've done for each and every one of us, for our families, for our homes. Thank you for giving us the hope for life eternal by sending your Son to this earth to be our Savior so that we may be righteous before our holy God. And we'd ask that you'd lead us all, guide us in your ways, help for us to seek to do your will in our daily lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name for our sake. Amen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had engaged to, was engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Teenage girl, much too young, unprepared for what's to come. A baby changes everything Not a ring on her hand All her dreams and all her plans A baby changes everything A baby changes everything She loves, she's never touched. How will she keep his trust? A baby changes everything, a baby changes everything.
you've enjoyed the service so far this morning and feel the presence of Jesus and understand why we're here because a baby changes everything didn't he changed everything so thank you offering men they're all ready to go would you guys come up we want to say welcome 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 to you that are visiting families how wonderful to be together on Christmas Eve uh, we'll get to see our kids tomorrow we're pretty excited about that we're very, very happy that you are here. Um, we also want to say thank you so much to Dennis for the breakfast out there this morning. Wasn't that a nice treat? And Doc, too. And Doc. And thank you to Becky and Doc for doing a beautiful job on the Advent candle. We all needed to hear that story again, don't we? Yeah. Uh, so during the offertory this morning, you're going to hear a tradition of ours. And it's happy birthday, Jesus. And uh, Olivia is going to do it for the third year, Olivia. Is this three? Uh-huh, that's what I thought. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you do for us, how you bless us, how you've given us brothers and sisters to come home to. Father, we thank you for your love, for your patience, for your guidance. And we ask your precious name, amen.
Shall see. 
good thing they help me because they don't want to see me splat right there on the floor you know things are not always the way they appear have you ever noticed that doc you know what I mean we we see uh, something and we say hey that's gonna be nothing we'll just whiz right through that I've learned that things are not always what they look like and uh, I had this spirit about 60 years ago out at Carswell Air Force Base I told my assistant crew chief I said chief I'm only going to parachute training today and I've been through many of those and so it'll be a snap no problem but they were doing parachute training a little different they since we were now flying low-level missions over water, they wanted us to experience what that might be like if there was wind and it dragging that chute. So they had a boat with two 40-horse engines on it, and they had this deal that was attached to that boat, and it come up and snagged your parachute harness. And... Uh, of course, you're supposed to release that harness, you know, whenever you hit the water. So, uh, unfortunately, they jerked me off that thing, that tower, and I was head down, and I hit the water head down, and it was like a bomber lure, if you know what a bomber lure is like. The faster you pull that, the more it goes down. And I was bouncing off the bottom of Lake Water, and there were some rocks there. I felt the rocks. And I was going through the water so fast that I went from zero, zero G's to about three G's, and I couldn't get my hands back on the quick releases to release the harness, so I became a lure. 
I was glad there was no big fish there. But I was down about 20 feet whenever the guy up, up there heard God say, Stop! And because uh, I, when I realized that I was going to drown, it's one thing about it, water don't breathe well. And um, so when I figured that out, that I was going to drown, when all else was lost, God help. You know, that's the way God is. And that's the way the gospel is. When all else fails, you better have the gospel and you better believe it, friends. For outside of Christ Jesus, there is nothing in this world that's going to see us through. And our destiny is already set if we're in Christ. So no need to be anxious. But I thought at the time, and I told the assistant crew chief when I got back, I said, you know, I thought it was going to be a snap, and instead I nearly died. And, uh, uh, but I just know that you can depend on God because he loves us. And uh, he uh, came into this world to save us. And uh, so the gospel belongs out there in the fields like he appeared to the shepherds. And that's where it really belongs is out with the people, all the people, wherever they are. And uh, that there is hope. And that's what Christmas is about. And it's about love and it's about giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son, his only begotten son, that if we believe, we'll not perish. That's, that's the love story today. God loved us so much that he gave his son to come. And so... Today I want to share with you a text that discusses who Jesus really was. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in about verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, whenever you take this and look at it a little bit, the first thing that you that you come up with is that Paul is teaching that God took on 
the flesh and the shape of a human baby to save the helpless. And uh, so uh, that's the first thing that you notice. Why did he not come in splendor and as God? Tell you a little story about a bird that run into a clothesline. That little bird ran into that clothesline and it knocked him every way but loose and he was laying on the ground. I ran out there and picked him up, was rubbing his head, and I thought to myself, if only I could talk to that bird, I'd be able to communicate that I'm not the enemy, but I'm his friend. But since I couldn't do that, that little bird come too. And man, was he excited. He hopped out of my hands and bounced off of the ground and he fluttered around and he finally got it together and got up on the line up there. And I said to him, you stupid little bird. If you'd have let me pet you until you recovered, all would have been well. You could, we could have been friends. You know, that's what God was thinking whenever Christ came in human form. I'm not sure we could have stood. We know we could not see God. The Bible tells us that. You don't see God and live. And so he became human. He took on human flesh. Can you imagine giving up being like God, equal with God? Can you imagine that? Here he is with all of his glory, all of his attributes, all of those things that he can do, and uh, uh, knowing everybody's mind, you say, that'd be fun. No, it wouldn't. You'd find a lot of unhappiness and terror and trouble because that's what the world is today, my friends. They don't have Christ. They don't realize that Jesus existed before the world was ever formed. Read Ephesians 1. It'll tell you. He existed before time. So there is this little baby lying in a manger not the best of accommodations, and, and looking up at the heavens, if there were stars up there, he could have said, I made them. There was not anything made apart from Jesus Christ. Jesus, everything was created for him and by him, and even today, everything's hanging together because of him. Otherwise, it would not be. But he took on the form of a human. He lowered himself from deity, from divine, down to a baby. There's nothing any more helpless than a baby. They got to be fed. They got to be cleaned. They got to be tended to, even whenever you don't have time and you don't want to. But they have to be tended And he came like that. Oh, man, I could have thought of several other ways to come. And great power. And just looking at humans, they would melt right on the place. But he didn't do that. Why? For some reason, he loves us. Since he made us, 
every part, every nerve, every blood vein, the whole thing is his design. That's why it works so good. We have to have doctors because we generally mess it up the way we stuff at Christmas time and other times. And, uh, but, the, but the truth of it is, is the Lord came and he became what we are so he could save us and so that he could communicate with us and that we could see what it was like. And uh, he came for that reason. That is love. But giving up the Godhead, you know what I mean? Being a part of the Godhead. You'd have to say that he was thinking of someone else, wouldn't you? He was thinking about us and not himself and not his place as a second part of the Godhead. Jesus was always God. Jesus was everything that God is. Jesus is. Bad English maybe, but it's correct. And the Hebrew has words for that, but uh, the Greek text has a word that uh, expresses being, and that word is hooper arcane. And sometimes you hear that in First John, uh, in arcane, whole logos. And that means, of course, in the beginning was the word the Logos. And the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And then over in verse 14 it says, and the Word, the Logos, became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten Son of God. He came down here to live with us. And so, doing that, he gave up quite a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, it's amazing to me that Paul would have used this scripture to talk to the church at Philippi. You know, the church at Philippi was a troubled church. Everybody was putting themselves first. And uh, 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 you might think about today, too much of our population puts themselves first. It's all about me. We're not building God's kingdom. We're building our kingdom. We want to be well thought of. Hey, we want to be up there, buddy. We want to be better. We want to be in charge. We want to have all the money. We want a name. It's always been that way. Man has always tried to be God. Adam snatched at equality with God. That's why he listened to Satan, wasn't it? So that he would know the difference between good and evil. He would be like God, and he jumped on that. Well, they didn't do that in the New Testament, did they? Yes, they did. What about James and John? They wanted to have the best place on the right of Christ and on the left of Christ when he came to rule. It's in man. And Satan knows every one of our weaknesses. Let me ask you this. When was the last, God, last time God said to you, did it again? Huh? 
You ever have that happen? Here you've done this thing. You've been convicted about it. You promised God you're not going to do it anymore. But then you have this still small voice. Did it again. Why is that? Because Satan knows your weaknesses. And the only way that you can defeat Satan is get close to this one who came to be close to you in human flesh. There's a word for that. He was in the form of God. Morphe is that word for form. There's another word, schema for form also. And... Uh, but the morphe is unchangeable. And that's what Jesus was God, morphe. But he took on schema, human. You know, there's one thing about it is people say, well, uh, kenosis, this is this big theory about kenosis, God gave up. Jesus gave up being in the form of God. Yes, he did that, but he didn't give up deity. He never did ever give up that. He gave up his attributes. He handed them over to God so that God could use them if he wanted to or allow Christ to use them if he wanted to. And that showed up at the transfiguration there on Mount Tabor where they think the traditional site was where God came down and uh, the Godhead leaped out of Christ in the great bright light with Moses and Elijah there. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there to have seen that? I tell you, when I went by Mount Tabor, I looked long at that top up there, wondering what that would have been like. Don't you all wonder about these kind of things, about being with God and and feeling him and all of that, I tell you, I think about it regularly, about being with the Lord. And that's what you do, my friend, if you want to overcome these repeated sins, is you get as close as you can to God. You remember I preached one time that we move in with God? We opened the door of our lives and let him move in. And the more you do that, the more that little voice comes. Like that bird. As many as I said to you stupid birds, God said to me, it'll hit my head immediately. That's what I've been trying to do for you. And you can't get away. Once you turn your life over to him, thank God it doesn't matter what situation you're in, he is there, and he rescues us. I'm so grateful for God's love that, yes, he gave up being equal with God temporarily, and yes, uh, he took on human form, but he was always morphine the unchangeable God. He had to be God by the way he loved and how he treated people. My goodness, who did he come to? Well, people like the woman at the well, people like the adulteress caught in adultery, uh, 
How about Matthew, the tax man? I was going to get be friends with somebody who wouldn't be a tax man. But he did. How about James and John? How about radical Peter? Anybody fly off the handle, it could be Peter. Now, I'm glad to say none of us are like that here at God. And, uh, but, you know, uh, Jesus became not only not in the form of God, although he was still in the morphe of God, that unchangeable part, he never emptied that part. But he came in human flesh and he acted different than you and I do. He became a servant, a bond servant, the Bible says. Can you imagine that? Always serving everybody else, thinking about them. I don't know about you, but I'm mighty glad that he decided to be a servant. How about you? Is that not love to come and to serve us? and to be with us in some of these disasters that we experience. And he's with us whenever we're joyful and happy. And he's with us through every experience. It's just that we don't recognize him until he kind of knocks on our old bean up here and said, hey, that'll not do. That'll not do. You don't answer that person like you would like to. You don't tell them like you want to. You don't get mad at them like you want to. You don't act like some lost person. You act like me. That's what the text said, the mind of Christ. You and I are supposed to have the mind of Christ. Where do we get off sometimes with how we act? You say, Brother Charles, now this has got to be happy. Brother, if you want to be happy, you listen to Jesus, and you'll be happy. You might be going through the worst experience of your life, but you'll look up and know at the end he is standing there with you and that you're going to be with him and you're never going to be separated from him. Oh, praise the Lord. It's kind of like Brother Dave calling me about 40 hours ago and saying, I got COVID and I need for you to preach this text. I was going to preach. The bulletin's already fixed. I said, Lord, <laughs> y'all all know how I work on Scripture and everything whenever I go to preach. And, uh, Lord, it's up to you. <laughs> and then comes this deal. It's always been up to me. If it's going to be preached and it's not from me, it's nothing. Because, Brother Charles, you're just a human being and you're not much. I look in the mirror every once in a while. I know I'm not much. You see, my schema, that changeable part, changes. I went from a, a boy like Jesus, from a boy to a man, change of schema. And then I went to an old man. You could describe that by your belly. Whenever I was young, it was hard as a rock. Whenever I was middle-aged, it was beginning to get soft. And whenever I was old-aged, it plopped. <laughs> and, uh, so you see, it changes. Uh, that schema changed.
that I'm still a human, Marfei. That's what Jesus was. He was always God. He just changed the schema to human flesh. But he's different from us. He gave up equality with God. He gave up the Shekinah glory cloud. He's for, he gave up all of that, and he came. No wonder Christmas is about giving because God gave up. What about us? Are we going to assertive, self-assertive school? You know, there is such a thing. That's what we're being taught today is how to assert self. Man, you got to speak up. You got to do everything if you're going to be number one. Hey, winning is everything. <laughs> Too much winning gets you in trouble. We get addicted to winning. And instead of being in the image of Christ, we become the image of who we obey, Satan. Just remember, I believe just like you do, once saved, always saved. But I also believe the same thing that the Bible says, that if you make a habit of adultery or all of those things, stealing, lying, cheating, and all of that, then you're not his. That's what the scripture says time after time. It's not just in one place. It's all through that. You can't be long to Christ and keep on. There has to be change in your life. We're building God's kingdom. We're supposed to be as his believers and with the mindset of Christ, that's our goal is to be like him. Well, he not only gave up the form of God but he gave up not being a slave or a servant. And he also gave up even death. He gave up his life. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine God's great love that he submitted to God's will and obedience was all about him? If you'd ask him what he was about, he would say, I, my whole goal is to please the Father who sent me and be obedient to him. Now, friends, this Christmas, we ought to think about what Jesus gave. Let me ask you, they're not mad. They already told me they've got to catch an airplane, so quit thinking about it. <laughs> so, anyway, he gave up all of all of that and his whole goal was to obey God who sent him to die for you and I you see there is no way all the way through the Bible Old Testament especially it shows and talks about sacrifice for sins they offered up animals and blood was shed for the remissions of sins but Jesus came, and he said, oh, well, he was, he was God. I mean, he was strength that he had, all of that. No, he sweated great drops of blood for you and I at the Garden of Gethsemane. 
whenever he was facing the end. My friends, how are you going to face the end? Are we going to be obedient to the Father? Or are we going to be obedient to self? Please, self. What kind of a commitment do we make? We have to be committed to Christ. Whatever the Lord says, whenever he says, we depend on him to enable us to do it. Just like being here in the pulpit today, I never dreamed that I would be today. But what greater text in the world could you have that God loved that much that he gave up equality with God, he gave up his glory, he gave up uh, a servant, he became a servant, he gave up his own desires, everything God gave Christ. Let me ask you this. I know a lot of y'all been out shopping and doing all those things. You've even worried about it, been anxious about it, just because God says don't be anxious, don't mean anything. But we worry about everything. Sometimes it don't count too, too much because we feel like giving is a duty. Man, if you're not giving in love, whatever it is you're giving, don't do it. <laughs> it's wasted. But we're capable of thinking about self, are we not? Fortunately, by the time you get around to about 85, it don't matter anymore. Somebody asked me what I was waiting on the other day. I said, the grave, I'm not in a hurry to go, but if the Lord says go, I'm ready. I can just see Jesus coming now. The one who gave, who actually loved, and he loved people that nobody else would love. He did things to get their attention. Listen, if there had not been a heavenly host, a choir singing full of angels in the skies, I doubt if those shepherds would have gone over there to look at Jesus. But boy, they knew something was up tell you I met, I've met my mother after a long time and she says to me what happened to you I said Jesus she said you used to be wild whenever I asked for advice and, you, and I didn't take it you just get so mad what happened to you Jesus She said, I want this Jesus. Do you know where I can get him? I said, you can get him right here. I said, just ask Jesus to come into your life, simplest thing in the world. He's standing there waiting for you. She received Christ, and she got my old preacher at that time to baptize her. My goodness, she was at the age of death, saved. 
saved by God. Glory divine. You know, how can we as believers have received the love of God that God gave everything for us and Jesus went through everything for us and he obeyed the Father through suffering on the cross, everything. I don't know about you, most of us would not choose that route, but I tell you what, God expects you to change into that be imitators of Christ, Paul said. We're to be more like that. Let me, let me tell you something, friends. It, it, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It uh, fills you with joy whenever you get up and you have a conversation with Jesus. And I remember when Naomi passed away, walking through the house, talking to God, he was right there with me. Tears were flowing out of my eyes, and he was wiping them away about his fast. I knew, and I was given the assurance that she was with him. That I tell you, that's, that's the greatest thing. Walking on streets of gold with the Lord. There is no defeat in this world, my friends, if you will become more and more like Jesus. No defeat. He turns an absolute disaster into victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I was thinking, Becky, about hallelujah. You know, it, I was used to wonder what in the world was that word they were saying hallelujah hallelujah and so I got out my uh, Greek what was in Greek class and I got my notes and everything and I saw this word hallelujah I better look that up it means praise praise God Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. If we'll live our lives praising Yahweh for his greatest gift, Paul says that gift was unspeakable. Even the angels wanted to look into how God, the Son, could come here, give up all, and come here as our Savior. The Bible actually uses those words. The prophets investigated, they studied, they tried to figure it out. Such grace of God. Even whenever we're our ugliest, ugliest, God does not give up on us. Let me ask you today in closing, I'll preach the rest of this next. going to carry it with me but I want you to think about this now God gave you everything and uh, don't you fall I normally have both leg braces on I don't do this but I, I just want to ask you this morning 
What kind of a commitment do you have to God who loves you so much, who's done everything for you? What is your commitment to him? Are you trying to become more and more like him? Or is it still just present day stuff, you know, what's going on around us? Or is it mind thinking on God, how we can please him? Let me tell you, friends, you won't have to look how to serve him, and you won't care how you serve him, because you're not doing it for your salvation. You're already saved if you have Jesus. But I want to tell you that if you give God first place, really first place, he'll bring people to you that you won't believe. You'll want to stay out of Walmart because I go to Walmart and people just, I don't know why, I think maybe I'm not dressed right or something, but they come up and, and I'll ask them some question and they'll give me their life history. Y'all ever have that happen? People today are hurting. They need Jesus met our needs. He'll meet their needs. Why are we not doing it? You know, we were talking in our Sunday school class, and the... Uh, the thought hit me, and y'all know that if it hits me, I'm going to tell you. So the thought hit me that God can talk through Balaam's jackass, and he can't talk through his own people. What's the deal? We ought to be willing to share Christ with anybody, anytime. Are you ready to do that? Let me ask you this. If your commitment is not strong, are you even saved? Have you checked on your salvation? That's what God would ask you today, is to check your salvation. Check your commitment to God. And he'll bless you. Unbelievably, you'll walk with him. Talk with him. And even when the choir's not around, you'll sing to him. I don't sing very loud because I don't want to mess the choir up, but the joy is in my heart. <laughs> I'd like to. Sometimes I mouth the words up there and love, love it. The dump trucks in my tune carrying is pretty similar. I want to say to you today, it's been a joy to be with you today and to have the great privilege, no matter, no time to prepare, God does the speaking. God does it all. Let's pray together. Father, as we come again before your throne, we're so grateful, Heavenly Father, to have talked about our Lord Jesus coming as a baby and yet being the Savior of the world. Oh God, we give you praise and glory. And we ask that thy will be done. And God, we know sometimes that's despite us. So we ask you to 
do your will and help us to grow in grace and to remember your grace, your love, your concern and compassion and help us all who have not Christ as Savior to receive him immediately. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's sing together. Oh, come, oh, come, be thank you for being here this morning I said we want to thank you for being here this morning well I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year but just be sure that Jesus is in your new year it'll be joyful amen so let's sing joy to the world joy to the world the Lord is come let every name Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone.